Today on Outflow, we're so blessed to be joined in the studio by our friend and fellow laborer, Philip Stepp, and we're going to be discussing the Bride of Christ. So now grab your Bible and everything you need to take notes. I'm Alan King, and this is Outflow. Thank you so much for joining us for Outflow today. I am delighted to have in the studios with me today my friend Philip Stepp. And uh, Philip, we are going to be talking about, we had a lot of stuff that we could have discussed, uh, but you know this is a topic that is very dear to my heart. In fact, I've been preaching the last four months on the Bride of Christ, and so I am so excited about today. And we're going to be looking primarily at the Song of Solomon? Not yet. Not yet. Maybe the next one. That's good. Yeah. That's good because I, I thought we were going to, so that's even greater. I, you know, we're going to get deeper. So. I, I thought about that and then decided to let's, let's lay a little foundation before we jump into that. Let's do that. Let's do it. All right. Okay. Lord, we open up our hearts to you. Uh, Lord, we, we live on your revelation. We thank you for the Word of God that uh, tells us truth, shows us truth, reveals truth. We thank you for the Holy Spirit, the author of, of the, the Word. We thank you for Jesus who is the truth. So, Lord, we, we, we cry out to you. Show us more of you. Let us know you better. This is about you. Lord, I pray that people that watch will fall more and more in love with you because you're definitely the lover of our soul, and we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. What a topic. What a topic. The bride of Christ. We need to take our shoes off, almost. <laughs> we're, we're, we're on holy ground here. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I, I approach it excitedly, but I also approach it reverently. Right. Absolutely. So I, I got a little more scripture today than I did last time. I want us to turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 22, and I want to read the first two verses and talk about it for a second. 22 verse 1, Jesus spoke to them again in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son. I got an important announcement to make. This whole book is a, is a love story. Yeah. It is the best love story ever written. And, you know, boy sees girl. Falls in love with a girl, woos a girl. The girl doesn't know he's a king, but he's the son of a king, and all of a sudden she is wooed. And and the whole book is about how uh, this this book is about how the king can take an, an ex slave and make make him into the queen. And and then of course the bad guy in the black hat rides up and uh, attacks the. The, the bride to be so the the hero has to come in and rescue the queen it is is you understand that's oh, yeah. not, that's what this book is about yeah it's yeah. about the preparation of the bride right and i'm so thankful that you've been talking about the bridal identity it's been near and dear to my heart for many many years and uh, i've spent a lot of my time studying the bride and it's been so fruitful so i'm going to share try to share a little bit of the 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 basic uh understanding of it um First, let me say, why did Jesus teach in parables? It's interesting. 
In Matthew chapter 13, Jesus said, I teach in parables because those who have will receive more and those who don't have will lose even what they have. That, that has always been a – first time I saw that, I'm like, Jesus, did you really say that? It's almost like he's, he's wanting to hide some things for some folk who aren't, who aren't interested in going deeper. It's really uh, – I've got in my notes a list of mysteries. Yeah. The, the, whole, the whole Bible is full of mysteries, which we don't understand until he reveals it. Yeah. So, yeah, and uh, he reveals it he, – he, he spoke in parables – so that the people who had a hard heart would not understand. Right. It's the 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 way people understand parables is totally based on the the condition of the heart. Yeah. yeah. And so you need to. I'll, I'll I'll make this statement: If you don't have a heart that hungers after God, today's foolishness. Yeah. yeah. And you know, in, in Paul, even he talks. He he says, uh, "Let let him that's ignorant." Let him be ignorant. You know, if you don't want to go, if you don't want this, he says, you don't, you know, but the ones that want it, the ones that want to be a bride. That's right. You know, uh, I can't go to exactly verse, chapter and verse on this, but it seems evident to me that this short life we have on this earth is just a test. It's, it involves a series of tests. The first test, of course, is the great divide of the cross. Will you either choose to follow Jesus or you don't? And that has eternal ramifications. Right. But even after you've made the choice to follow Jesus, it's a, a series of choices. I, I make conscious choices every day, and sometimes they're hard to make when I choose to follow Jesus rather than what I want. Right. You know, it's it's a whole process there that goes on. Mm-hmm. So, um, a good way to study the Bible is to ask questions. Right. Now, I found it to work for me that that I ask a lot of questions, and I, I, the good news is we have the author of the book with us. Mm-hmm. So I say, Holy Spirit, show me this. Now, he does not always answer me very quickly. And sometimes it may take weeks and months, but eventually, all of a sudden, I stumble into the answer. Have you found that to oh, be the yeah. case? And it's a wonderful thing. All of a sudden, it becomes wow. Like the light comes on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and but uh, so I ask questions, and then I study to show myself approved, and then I find some mature believers when I can, and dig into it, yeah. discuss it. And then hopefully we can come out the other end of that process with some good understanding of what God's wanting us to to be revealed to us. So the first question is, why does he speak in parables? And I have two answers in my mind. One is that he speaks in parables so that those with the heart to hear will hear, and those that don't want to hear will be confused. And so that's why I can say if if you don't have a heart to hear, uh, I confuse you. I don't mean to, you know. Uh, what I want to do is reveal. The second thing, which really gets into the Song of Solomon and uh, the Bible study, is that there are just some intimate things that words can't express. So, so what happens is God uses types. He says, he says, I'm the shepherd, you're the sheep. Now, you don't look much like a sheep. He is the shepherd of our souls, but he also says, I'm the vine and you're the branches. Mm-hmm. 
the reason I'm saying this is people get all hung up and they say, how can I be the bride of Christ? I'm a male. Get over it. Yeah. <laughs> get over it. It's, it's not that, that we have this. It's nothing sexual about it. He's using the bride to be a representation of what he's wanting to teach. He's using earthly things, just like a parable. He's using earthly things to teach us heavenly truths. Yeah. Well, it's just like you know. I've heard people ask me that how yeah. how can I? I'm a man. How can I be a bride? And and even to the point of trying to deny the faith by saying, well, you know, y'all uh, y'all are talking about a, a man being a woman. Yeah. Uh, and they say, how can a man be a bride? And in the same way that a woman can be a son of God. Yes. Paul talks a lot about sons of God. Doesn't say sons and daughters, but it, but it's the same principle. It is, and it it's the fact that. That God is, I mean, blows my mind. Yeah. I believe in I believe in a whole lot of unbelievable things. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I, I need to write that one down. <laughs> <laughs> and I believe it because somebody I trust told me. Yeah. And when I read it in the Word of God, I don't always understand it, but I believe it. So there's hard there's things that's impossible for me to get my little pea sized brain around. And one of them is that the God who created the universe wants to have a personal relationship with me. Yeah. Oh, I, 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 I'm overwhelmed even as I say it. Yeah. We have a chance to have moment-by-moment moment audiences with the creator of the universe. And one of my deep concerns that I have is so many people, even people who attend church on Sunday morning, have very little interest in Jesus. I'm concerned that so many people that I listen to are following the latest fad, the latest prophetic utterance, the political situation. I I don't get a whole lot on the big political situation. I don't know who's the next president going to be. I'm just I'm just trying to learn Jesus the best I can. Yeah. And that transition has been uh, a blessing to me. And uh, I, I sort of know some of the things that's going on with the uh, prophets, and some of them make good statements and some of them don't. But guess what? Study the Word. Yeah. I, I always tell people, uh, be in the Word more than you're uh, listening to the Internet. Yeah. Being, uh, listen to this program, of course, but after this, get, get in the Word. Yeah. And, I, and remember what kingdom you're living in. You're living in a kingdom. And Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this earth. Right. Exactly. I mean, you know, so yeah. uh, uh, I, I had an interesting – we have a fellow we go to church with that we both love. And, uh, Brent, I hope you listen to this. <laughs> and uh, But Brent is quite direct, isn't he? Mm. And I love him because he's direct. And, and uh, I quoted out a New American Standard one day, set your mind on the things above, not on the things of this earth. And afterwards, he came up and it gently and nicely. And it was right. I went and checked him out. The, the best translation is the King James, set your affection. Yeah. Set your affection on the things above, not on the things of this earth. That's a big difference. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And so I'm hoping we'll set our affection on this. Uh, three quick questions in this that I just read. Uh, a certain king. Who's the king? It's Father God. Yeah. Not a president. Not a president. The king. The king. <laughs> and he, he gave a wedding feast for his son. Now, I think most of you know that, but let's just, we need to say it. The Son is Jesus Christ. This the, the Bible speaks a lot about weddings. The Bible speaks a lot about feasts. Mm-hmm. 
And in fact, we could get into the whole Jewish wedding. We could take a, a whole time and talk about the Jewish wedding, which is a beautiful picture of what God is doing in our life. So it's just, it's just awesomely wonderful, you know? And, um, so, but also, uh, the marriage, he speaks a lot about being married to us. That's one of those things that's hard to get my head around. That he wants a personal, intimate relationship with me. You made a statement one time that I think most of us people who try to be men of God can relate to. Really, you said that sometimes it's hard for Regina to uh, listen to you because she knows you so well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I checked that off. Sometimes it's hard hard for Lynn to take what I say because she knows me so well. Well, guess what? There's one who knows us better than our wives. And he, he, he sees with clarity. He sees us like we are, and he still loves us. Yeah. I mean, I can't get my head around it. Right. Okay? And so um, uh, a minute ago I was saying get over the fact that, that you're not a branch. You're not a living stone. The Bible teaches that we are living stones built upon the living stone on the rock. And uh, there's all kinds of things. You can get into the uh, head of the body and the members. You can get into – there's a lot of illustrations. God God wants us to know him really, really much. Oh, yeah. He really, really wants to. So he gave us parables. He gave us the Word of God. He sent his son. He sent prophets. He sent the creation, which is – you look up. If you're an atheist, you're a fool. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, that's not me. That's the I, word. I've never been able to get my head around that. How can you not believe? How can you not it believe? It takes a lot of faith. Not it takes believe. a lot of faith. Now, we can we can discuss the details, but, you know, the, the, the creation demands the fact that there's a creator the Absolutely. way the creation is. So, uh, but guess what? He gave us the unit. He gave us the the cosmos, which is unbelievable, as an illustration of, of his majesty. Okay, and then, but he also, he, so he gave us parables, he gave us the word, he, he gave us, he, he gave the new, new covenant people the Holy Spirit to lead and guide us into all truth. He's just done all kinds of things. With the, the children of Israel, he gave all kinds of visual aids. Now, there's a lot we could talk about with this. He gave visual aids. Mm-hmm. Have you ever wondered, have you ever wondered why he spent almost 50 chapters on the tabernacle? And two on the creation of the universe. Yeah, <laughs> everything in the tabernacle pointed to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And then so he gave visual aids. He had the feast, which, in my opinion, was a visual aid in preparation for Jesus. He had the sacrificial system. Uh, innocent blood had to be shed. Mm-hmm. He gave it. He he wants us to understand him. Right. And uh, it takes a little effort. He wants us to know him. But we must also really want to know him. Yeah. So many people are satisfied with so little. Do you, do you share my, my oh, concern? Oh, absolutely. So, in fact, that's one of the great frustrations of ministry is that we, we want people so much to see how much the Lord really wants to be intimate with us. Yes, and and we settle for so less, so much less. Um, 
And and it's frustrating to me because I want to say, can you not see how much he loves you? Christian, how much he loves, not, not just sinners, church member, can you see how much he really loves you and how involved he wants to be in your life and how much he wants you to know him? Amen. But we settle. We, we settle. And, and thankfully, there is a remnant. There's a remnant. That's going deeper. And I, I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of it. I want to see the remnant growing. Uh, Paul in Philippians said, a lot of people like to quote the first part of this, maybe the first two parts, that I may know him. Mm. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> you know where I'm going. Oh, yeah. The power yeah. of his resurrection. Super yay. Good Amen. Yeah. Good stuff. Preach yeah. it, brother. Being made conformable to his death. Yeah. Uh oh. Being in fellowship with his sufferings. Yeah. And we, we don't we don't say yay and amen to that. Right. So God really wants you to know him. In every generation there's been those people who have been willing to conform to the will and the power of that God wants them to conform to. Uh, and there's been people who will make, I believe, that will make it into heaven, and they're not willing to conform at all. Uh, sincere followers of Jesus, I, I believe I can say this almost absolutely. Sincere followers of Jesus want to be like Jesus. The lukewarm, the carnal, not so much. Uh, you know... <laughs> Yeah, the, the the true followers want to be like Jesus. Lukewarm Christians want Jesus to be like us. Oh, amen. That's, that that becomes, preach, brother. That becomes a problem. Yeah, that becomes a problem. <laughs> yeah. uh, in fact, it talks about in the Bible, those who think God is like us. Yeah. Yeah. He's just not. Yeah. Absolutely. I, he is so He is so otherwise. Uh, Judge, Judge in Cornwall calls it the otherwiseness of God. He is so otherwise than us. And uh, until we are able to accept that and understand that I've got to become, my goal as a child of God, as a follower of Christ, is to be like him. Amen. And not make him like me. Amen. Uh, A few years ago, I I used this term a lot. Uh, God is utterly not like us. He's so much utterly unlike us. And one of my friends uh, came up and said, are you saying utterly with these? What does cows have to do with it? <laughs> and I said, no, it's with these. Yeah. But, it, but he is so un- utterly. If you look at, at the, word, the life of Jesus, the disciples were always trying to correct him. Yeah. You don't want to go to Jerusalem. You don't want to do this. How bold you is ran that? everybody off when you said you got to eat of the body and drink of the blood. Why, boy? I tell you, we we we're trying to help you, Jesus. Yeah. And so what happens is we have to. I guess I can put it this way: we have to let God out of our box. Right. He he will he will break out of our box. In fact, I think that a lot of churches over the years have said, "Well, this." radical Christianity that's demanded in the Word of God is just too much for us. So I've got an idea. 
What I want to do is I want to put Jesus in a nice little box and we'll put him in a sanctuary on Sunday, Sunday mornings, maybe Sunday nights and Wednesday nights. But if we do those, I mean, really something else. And we want to pay somebody to go into the presence of the Lord and come back and tell us what he said. I read about that. What the children of Israel did. <laughs> they sort of did that, spoke, didn't they? He spoke audibly to them. And he, said, right. he went to Moses and said, tell him not to do that again. <laughs> we, we don't want to hear him. Yeah, if he's got anything to say, let him tell you and you tell us. Oh, That, that sort of gets us. Yeah. I was talking to somebody this week, and I said, I'd spent a lot of time repenting. And, he, and the, my friend said, well, you're a pretty good guy. <laughs> I tell you what. I have to spend a lot of time repenting. I'm not running around with women or wasting, you know, spending. I'm not doing those obvious Ten Commandments stuff. But I tell you what, I can slap the silly out of people. You know, <laughs> I have to. I have to be careful. You know, uh, I've tried slapping demons out. You know, I mean, that's my my initial response is not so godly. Uh-huh. So I have to spend a lot of time allowing God to be God and knowing that when He said I am, that I am, He meant I wasn't. And he's God. Now, that breaking down that box and letting him out, in fact, he will break the box and escape, whether we want him to or not. But that's a glorious thing for him to be God. And uh, this thing about, we're going to talk in a minute, I believe, about uh, some of you might be watching and saying, well, I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. I don't know about this pride stuff. It's just more than I can comprehend. It's more than I – I don't even want it. I don't want to – you mean I have to give up my soap operas? <laughs> and, and, and so what we're going to talk about, it's, it's amazingly simple, but it's not easy. There's a difference between simple and easy. Yeah. So in the Sunday class starting about three months ago, I said, let's do something radically different. Let's talk about Jesus. And I said, let's look at him in his different aspects. And we started with, I said, where does it start? Now, this is generally what I've observed. I'm not trying to make a rule out of it. But generally, people see this lost. They see God as creator, generally. Mm -hmm. And then they say, well, if he's creator, I might ought to listen to him. And then I think most, a lot of times they have to see him as judge. Do you not realize that I'm going to stand before the judgment seat of God and give account for everything I've done? And, and a, a, a friend of mine, a Baptist friend of mine, said one time, said, you can't, people won't get saved till they know they're lost. Yeah. So they have to evaluate. You know, they have to recognize that, yes, I'm in fact, fact a sinner. And then, then after that, then all of a sudden you see him as Savior and it's worth something. Lost people don't put much value on what Jesus did for us on the cross. I put a lot of value on it because, man, I I don't want to spend eternity in hell. But then we went on and I said, you know, after you see him as Savior, that just opens the door. When you begin begin this relationship, he knows everything about you and he still loves you. And he's he's wanting you to be like him. There was a a man who had a big influence on my life and a lot of people's lives. He, He wasn't one of the popular preachers, but he wrote several books and he spoke at conferences and stuff. His name was Devon Fromke. And he was about 88 or so. And he, he had moved to Ohio. And 
he was having a small Bible study group in Asheville one Sunday night, and I went. And he said, he told a story that really helped me, impacted me. He said, you know, my wife died six months ago. We'd been married I don't know, 55 years. Said I was heading to a speaking engagement in uh, California, and I was driving across the desert, and the most glorious sunset I'd ever seen appeared on the horizon. And said immediately, I turned to my wife. She wasn't there. He said, how I wanted my wife to be with me so that we could enjoy the sunset together. And then he said, that gave me great insight into why God wants a bride. Wow. (laughs) He said, God created the sunsets. And then he created us to be the bride, to enjoy the sunsets together. Yeah. That gets me. Oh, yeah. Can't comprehend it, why he would love us that much, but he does. And he, again, he just, he says, come here, come on. I, I want, I want to give you this. Yes. And he knows us. Yeah. And in spite of that. In spite of that. I, I, I like to tell people, go ahead and confess it to God. He knows it anyway. That's right. <laughs> we try to hide stuff. Yeah. How, I mean, I have. How many how many times have I gone into the presence of the Lord and tried to avoid a subject? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was just me. <laughs> I, I think there's, uh, it, it, it's not just you and it's not just me. We're just ones enough that's almost cra- radical enough or crazy enough to admit it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a lot of people may relate to it. So, so, you know, so what happens is you, then all of a sudden this whole thing of progressive revelation begins to take place, and he unveils himself to us as he, as he tests us and learns whether he can trust us. Now, don't get angry at me, but I'm going to say this. Jesus will not cast his pearls before swine. And so just like most men, they won't open up their heart to their wives because they're not sure the wives can be trusted with it. A man will open up to other men when they determine that the man is trustworthy. Boy, few men are. And so thus, most of us men keep a whole lot to ourselves. Are you with me on that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so Jesus, will he wants to give it to us, but he, he, he has to unveil himself Gradually, I mean, if I could say it that way, after he's Savior, then all of a sudden you realize he's Lord. Mm-hmm. Now, I I think that needs to go together. You need to call him Lord and Savior. And then you see him as King. Then you see him as a son of man, the son of God. Then uh, see how they develop. Then all of a sudden one day, somewhere in that process, you wake up and say, he wants to be my friend. Yeah. And then you say, he's my kinsman or redeemer. He wants to be my brother. And then all of a sudden, as you keep going, then when he says, I want to be more than your friend, I want to be your bridegroom, yeah. then your heart has been prepared 
תודה, יא. You got anything you want to add or questions? Uh, it's just, I, I just get blown away when I think about, again, you're talking about the God who gives us the breath to breathe, who doesn't owe us anything, anything. but loves us enough that he says, I, 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 want, I want to marry you, literally. Yes. I want to marry you. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I... My mom and dad have been married, oh my goodness, 62, 63 years. Um, in our house, when I was growing up, and, and we, my wife and I have made this commitment, uh, we, don't, we don't use the D word in our house. We don't even talk about it. We, we don't threaten. Oh, yeah. I'll just divorce you. My mom and dad oh. never did that. Um, when I got married, I fell so in love with, with one girl, mm-hmm. so much so that I tell her all the time, if anything ever happens to you, you don't have to worry about, <laughs> you know, oh. I, I, I will never find another one that, no. that I will love as much as her. Um, and, and I love to see marriages that are that committed and that dedicated. Um, but I see so many Christians who approach their relationship with Christ as if, well, if this don't work, I'll find something else. You know, I, I see people in marriage that are like, well, if this don't work, we'll, we'll try another one. And they do. They keep, you know, and after four or five of them, they realize maybe the problem is not them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's for another, that's for another day. We can go but, there too. Yeah. But, but I th- if if we would see him in his glory and see how much he really not just the resplendent glory of God that makes him transcend everything, but the fact that he loves us that much, and if we would see him in that light, it it would change everything. It change everything. And and that's what we're trying to get people to see that he loves you that much, and he says, "I want to marry you." I've only had one person in my life that I ever felt love enough and dedicated enough to that I wanted to say to her, I want to marry you. Me too. And that's the way it's got to be, that that we have no other gods, no other interest. Um, and, and, but the fact that he I, – I, I still get overwhelmed. It's easy for me to understand how I can love him because he's so wonderful. But how does he love me? Because I know me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's still, I know me. That still blows my mind. But uh, uh, this is not in my notes, but is in some earlier notes several years ago. I've learned a lot about God by wanting to be a good husband, yeah. and I've learned a lot about God by having a bride who almost always, generally, wants to please me, yeah. and so. Over, we've been married almost 53 years, and, you know, uh, it's developed to the point where we really have several times, both of us laid our lives down for each other, you know. Yeah. And and all of a sudden, we see that Jesus laid his life down for us. And, then he's, and just think, I'm going to say this again. He takes a person like me who was a slave, and he redeemed. He bought me, purchased me, redeemed me, and then set me free. And now he sent his Holy Spirit to help me become trained to be his heavenly bride, his queen. Okay, we, we're, we're trying on things that – don't try to get your head around it. 
receive it. Just yeah. just accept. Uh, we have titles that we call Jesus and functions, heal or deliver and stuff. One of my favorite ones over the years has been my beloved. Yeah. Now that gets us into the Song of Solomon. In a in a Song of Solomon, the bride says, "You're my beloved." Jesus is uh, looking for those he can share his heart with, yeah. his purposes, his plans. Yeah. He's looking for somebody. Oh, yeah. yeah. But he's not, he's not just going to share it with everybody. Right. Now, uh, I'm not eternally insecure. I don't think that every time I sin, I'm going to hell. I don't, I, I don't think – I think God is – working with me patiently he has for all these years but i'm concerned that so much of the church says i got saved and that's it yeah it ain't it right i said ain't but it ain't it right there's a whole so much more now i this is an opinion of mine i try to say it's an opinion when i have an opinion uh may be right may be wrong you have to judge it I think that when people, everybody who is a follower of Jesus, a disciple of Jesus, a true believer, will be full when they get to heaven. They'll be full of God. They get to heaven, they're full of God. The problem is that some people have a thimble. (laughs) Some people have a gallon bucket and some people have a 55-gallon bucket. This life, the way I look at it, this life is... God has given me opportunities to increase my capacity for Him. Wow. Yeah. Now, is that too far out there? No, it, it makes sense. Um, I want to give Him a, a hundred gallon drum. You yeah. know, I mean, I want I want to be full of the fullness, yeah. not full of a thimble. Yeah, do they make a hundred gallon wine skin? I think they do. <laughs> I've got I, I've got an order from one, but Amazon said they hadn't had much demand for it. Okay. You know, I grew up in, uh, as you know, I grew, I grew up in classical Pentecostal church, and we used to have testimony services. And I can remember that, you know, that I, I thank God I'm saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. And uh, I, I've said before, you know, some folk testify and they say, I'm glad I'm saved, sanctified, and satisfied. <laughs> and satisfied. <laughs> yeah. I heard Bob Mumford say one time, said, I'm tired. Of, I said, I love testimonial services, but I'm not, I'm, I'm tired of them. A Baptist has been saved for 35 years telling me how dirty the baptism water was. <laughs> said, there's more to a testimony. What's he doing for you today? You know. <laughs> so I'm going to go back to Matthew chapter 22 and, uh, if it's all right, I yeah. want to. I want to go down through. Absolutely, here. this is about. This is about the marriage supper of the Lamb, which is going to take place. Uh, it could take place at the, the beginning of the millennium. I think it takes place during the tribulation in heaven. But that's a. There's a, both of those are reasonable ideas. But anyway, all of us who are, are believers, we're going to be at the marriage supper of the Lamb, yeah. and and I'm invited. Now, honestly. I'm not sure I'm part of the bride, but I sure want to be. Yeah. I mean, does, does that make sense? Oh, yeah. The, yeah. the qualifications for the bride is pretty – you know, you've been talking about Rebecca. And and you know what? The One of the main things she did, she said yes. Yeah, yeah. She said, 
I'll go with a man that I don't know very well. Yeah, to somewhere I've never been. To somewhere and marry somebody I don't even have a picture of him. Yeah. <laughs> he he may be a slob. Yeah, and I you know I made the statement one time a few weeks ago and and deal with a mother in law that That's I've never right, met. Never met. You know, <laughs> and uh, but but I can see Jesus being excited and i mean i'm making this is my imagination this you know i can see him turning to the father and saying she said yes yeah yeah i'm glad i'm glad my wife said yes yeah oh yeah way before i knew what he what i had so in matthew chapter 22 i'm going to read a few verses verse 3 and he sent out his slaves to call those who had been invited to the wedding feast, and they were all unwilling to come. In uh, Luke uh, chapter 14, it says they made excuses. They're the biggest lame excuses you've ever heard in your life, but they made excuses not to come. I hope none of you are making excuses. And uh, so he sent out people like me and you to invite people. See, I have the honor of inviting people to a wedding feast. Mm -hmm. And I really want to be the bride, but whether I'm the bride or not, if I'm at the wedding feast, if I'm an attendant of the bridegroom, if I'm an attendant to the bride, if I'm just there, I'm going to be thrilled to death. I'm, you and I are those who get to offer an invitation to the wedding feast. Yeah. Not just to church. Not just to church. But to a wedding. To a wedding. Yeah. Again, he sent out those other slaves saying, tell those who have been invited, behold, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fatted livestock are all butchered and everything is ready. Come to the wedding feast. But they paid no attention and went their way. One didn't form and another did his business. And the rest seized his slaves and mistreated them and killed them. But the king was enraged. We, the gospel, we can't leave the wrath of God out of the gospel. Right. We do We do a great disservice when we leave the wrath out. Absolutely. The, uh you don't you don't want to experience the wrath of God. Right. He's he's not ordained us to wrath. Praise right. God. Phil, let me yes, go ahead. Point out, this might be a good place to point this yeah. out too. In verse five, I, because I, I'm reading from the New King James. Yes. And the way that it reads, verse five, they made light of it. Oh, that's good. They made light of it. It, it didn't that it, they just totally reject. They just it's like eh, it's no big deal. That that's that's the one that gets in my craw. When Christians make light right. of the invitation, so I, I just saw that, and I want to just kind of. Well, I was bivocational for a few years as I pastored and didn't make much money, and I was selling cars. And people said, "How can you be a car salesman and, and uh, uh, be a pastor at the same time?" <laughs> and uh, most car salesmen I knew were honorable men. Some aren't, but most were. But uh, it didn't take me long to learn that when somebody began to place more value on the sizzle in that car they could see them their red convertible sitting in their driveway when they they valued that higher they put more weight on it than they did that little bit of money that i was asking for then and then i was i I used to kid people uh i had two teenage boys and and, uh, (laughs) every once in a while i still see you you see what look gets over men when they see a woman that's attractive you know i said i know that i'm going to close this car sale deal when when they get that look that man gets that same look yeah. like he did when he sees a beautiful woman yeah. then then you know I, i'm going to make it the thing about it is is that it's all about value yeah. 
So a good salesman builds value. And what we, there's no way. There's no way that I could talk for a, a week, use the right vocabulary, say the right words, and there's no way that I can build as much value as Jesus' sacrifice on the cross was worth. Right. Yeah. I can't, and, and yet people make light of it. Make light of it, yeah. And we could we could preach on all that. Oh yeah, yeah. I just oh I just that's saw good. That I, said, I, I like the way oh, that says it. Yeah. Makes light of Make it. Make light of it. Yeah. Uh, I have a confession to make. Uh, uh, only reason I'm still using that. NAS is because I got it marked up. I know yeah. where everything oh, is. Oh, I love the NAS. I just this is well, the one I had sitting. The, the here. thing about it is, uh, a lot of times the the King James is a has a hotter uses a more heated language than the nas this is sort of greek sort of like sterile you know yeah (laughs) and 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 and, uh but the hebrew in particular is a hot language pictorial see see and that goes back to the fact that sometimes uh words just don't express it right what we're talking about today you you could take us and make us a hundred times better and we're still totally inadequate to communicate it the only way we can communicate it is pray that the Holy Spirit takes our words and and reveals to you. I pray that you have the revelation of, of God's love and that He you have the desire to be able to call him my beloved yeah. and mean it. Yeah. I love that. Thank you. Stop me anytime. <laughs> but the king was enraged, verse seven, and he sent his armies and destroyed those murderers and set their city on fire. Then he said to his slaves, The wedding is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy. Go thee to the main highways, as many as you find there, invite them to the wedding feast. I'm glad that somebody, a servant of the Most High, invited me to the wedding feast a long time ago. Amen. Those slaves went out into the streets and gathered together all they found. And I want you to read it in yours. Mine says both evil and good, and the wedding hall was filled with dinner guests. What, how does both both bad and good? Both bad and good. Yeah. I'm so glad. Yeah. Oh, he, yeah. A, a friend of mine one time, I was talking to him about the Lord, and he says, uh, I'm not clean enough. And I said, are you a fisherman? He said, yeah, you're a fisherman. Do you clean your fish before you catch them or after? Oh, there you go. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah. If you say yes, Jesus will take care of cleaning the fish. Oh yeah, Absolutely. but he's got to catch you. You got to yeah. say yes. Yeah. Right? So Rebecca said yes. That's that's number one. Yeah. That's I say yes. In a minute, I'm going to ask you to say yes. In a minute, I'm going to lead you in a prayer if you're willing to say yes. I don't know the condition of the ones watching this. Some of you may be uh, at. Actively going into the bridal company, and some of you may be happy you're saved, and some of you may not even be saved. But really, the simple thing is, no matter where your condition is, say, yes, Lord. And so then, this is where I was headed. But when, verse 11, but when the king came in to look over the dinner guest, he saw a man there who was not dressed in wedding clothes. Now, listen about this man. This this summarizes a lot of people who are in the pews on Sunday morning in the Bible Belt. They want to be at the wedding feast. They desire to be there at the wedding feast. They make the effort to be at the wedding feast. But they're kicked out of the wedding feast. Yeah. So he looked at them and said, you're not dressed in the wedding clothes. And he said to him, friend, 
How did you come in here without wedding clothes? And the man was speechless. I fear that there's going to be a lot of people who are in church on Sunday mornings who will be speechless when Jesus says, why are you not dressed properly? Yeah. Now, I've got, some, I've got some really bad news for you, brother. You're not rich enough to buy the wedding dress. Yeah. You can't afford it. Right. But the good news is that the, the father of the bridegroom is a very <laughs> rich man. And he has purchased very expensive wedding garments for all who will take off their dirty robes of righteousness. You know, the Bible says all of our righteousnesses and righteousness, righteousnesses are filthy rags. So he, he does it, and all you have to do is take off your filthy rags and put on his robes of righteousness. But you do have to put on your robes of righteousness. And so uh, he he came. He wanted to be there. He wasn't one that made excuses. He wasn't one who made excuses to not be in church on Sunday morning or at the wedding feast. He didn't make excuses. He just wasn't dressed right. He just didn't have on the right wedding garment. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm I'm getting ready to pray with you if you'll if you'll allow me and if you have any comments or something you'd like to add before right, I I'm going to pray to two groups of people. Absolutely. I'm going to pray to the group of people who say I'm not even saved. I'm not sure I'm going to heaven. See, you can know that you're going to heaven. I know that I'm going to heaven. Now I I don't presume upon that out and go out and think I can send to high heaven and still go to you know hell. I can't live like hell and expect to go to heaven. But as long as I keep seeking the face of my Savior, I'm going to go to heaven. Right. You can know if you don't know. I'm not sure you are. You know you need to know. That's yeah. but I'm also going to speak to those of you who said I'm saved. And to be honest with you, you might say, Alan Philip, to be I'm just satisfied being saved. Well, okay. Shame on you. Yeah. Jesus said, lay for yourselves up treasures in heaven. Yeah. I want to be his bride. I want to be all. I want to be like him. Yeah. So I'm going to pray to those two groups of people and to the, the group of person, the people that might say, I'm, uh, I'm not sure I'm in. Yeah, I'm not giving up my soap operas. <laughs> I usually use that because us men catch grief rightly, rightly so for what, we watch, but I, I like to ridicule you women who I love, by the way, about your soap opera. So I'm going to pray the prayer that's, that gives you an opportunity to say, yes, Lord, I'm willing to go to with you. The Holy Spirit's going to take me to a, uh, a land that I've never seen, and I'm, the, I'm engaged to be the, the, the bride of a man I've, I've never seen. Paul said that I may know him. And everything that entails, every every part of that. <laughs> it, it sounds to me like, and I feel like this is where the Lord is not just taking you and me, not just taking our church. I feel like this is... I feel like the days of casual Christianity are coming to a close. Amen. There is a dividing. There's a separation that's coming, a sifting. Um, 
And um, I, when that happens, I want to be on the right side. Amen. I don't want to miss it. As deep as I have to go, I want to make sure that I don't miss it. So, I, I'm 71. Uh, my senses ain't what they used to be. Uh, my mind moves a little slower than it used to. But God is quite patient with me. But one thing that's changed in the physical, it's it, spirit. I'm talking spiritually, but in the physical is my taste has changed radically. Yeah. I just the things that used to appeal to me don't appeal to me anymore. Yeah. I used to really like uh, NC State athletics. I can take it or leave it. Yeah. My tastes have changed. Yeah. There's some things that a lot of people can do I can't do. I I cannot hardly watch television. Yeah. I mean, there's just some things. It's okay, but it's not that I'm better. It's not that I'm better than you. It's I'm not. <laughs> I'm worse. And you know, I know. I know that dirty, that dirty man me. You know, I got to guard my eyes. I got to guard what I watch. I have to guard my mouth. And so I have to spend a lot of time, not because I think God's going to zap me with a lightning bolt, but because the the true desire of my heart is I want to be a pleasing son. This is, you need to, all of us can do this. I want to be a pleasing son to my Heavenly Father. I want to be a pleasing fiancé to my Heavenly Bridegroom. And over the last couple years i've determined that i really even though i was spirit filled and i spoke in tongues and i believed in the gifts i'm just over the last few years beginning to develop a relationship with the holy spirit or i can say i really really want to be a good disciple disciple me holy spirit let me be the question i have for each of us and each of you is uh do you want to please God? I, the pleasing God part is a more powerful detriment than his wrath. Right. May I pray? Absolutely. I want you Absolutely. to pray with me. And uh, not long, but you pray with your heart. And uh, it's not about the words. See, the Lord looks at our heart. We've been talking about how he knows us. Uh, if you're not a believer, if you don't know that you know, I want you to pray this prayer with me. I pray it. I pray it a lot. Even though I know I'm a believer, I still say, Lord, thank you for saving me. Thank you for forgiving my sins. So if you would, let us bow our heart and pray. Lord, I'm not good at this. I don't halfway know what I'm doing. But Lord, you're very good at this. Yes. Lord, you have dealt with people as bad as I've been. You've dealt with people so many times worse. You can take the ones that are enslaved to all manner of sin and you can clean them up and you can begin the process of making us to be holy and righteous and sanctified not because of fear but because of the desire to please you so lord i i'm sorry that i haven't valued the great gift of the sacrifice of your son 
I repent for my sins. And I ask you to show me sins that I need to work on or allow you to work on, actually, that you that I, I, re, I want to recognize those areas in my life that not pleasing to you. I want to please you. I want to please you. I want to be a pleasing son. I want to, I want to be a pleasing member of the kingdom of heaven. I want to please you. I confess that I have not dedicated much of my life to serving you. I've dedicated my life to running after lesser things. I, I, I gladly turn from all those things to you, and I repent of my sins. I ask you, I could declare that you're Lord of my life. You are the Lord of lords, the King of kings. You're the King of the universe. I declare that you're Lord and King of my life. I've, with your help, I surrender, and I want to follow you. Yes. Now, everything we do, we do in Jesus' name. So in Jesus' name I pray. But the prayer's not over. This is a prayer for many of you, probably most of you that's watching this podcast. I can honestly say that I'm praying this, and it's okay for me to pray it, but it's not my heart. This I'm praying to you who may have a heart that says, I don't know about this. I'm a believer. I'm going to heaven. I got my fire insurance, but I just don't know. I don't. I don't know how much am I you may be saying these two crazy men are putting too much value on it. I've got a life to live. I want to be happy. I want to be fulfilled. I want to set my affections on the things on this earth. You may be saying that. Please don't. God is giving an invitation to be much, much more than that. Now the thing about it is, as you begin to get your satisfaction out of him, you'll find yourself very, very satisfied. Whereas money doesn't satisfy in the long term and fame doesn't. And there's nothing on this earth that satisfies like he does. So I'm giving you an invitation, and I want you to pray with me. Again, I say, Lord, I'm not good at this. Half the, now, I can say this. I'm not good at it. Half the time, I don't even know what I'm doing. <laughs> But help me to become a pleasing son, a pleasing bride, and a pleasing disciple. Yes, Lord. I surrender myself. Give me ears to hear so that I may know what it is that you're saying to me. Lead me and guide me into all truth. I rejoice that you've saved me. I want you to receive a good return on your investment. I would pray that I'd be one who gives you a hundredfold return, Lord. I embrace your destiny. I embrace what you have for me. And I thank you in Jesus' name. And all the saints say, Amen. Amen. Philip, we have there there we've just we've just scratched the surface today. There is so much. So I want you to come back and we, we gotta we gotta go deep in this. Um, I'm really excited about it. So he's he's coming back. Uh, to be with us, so so be sure to to stay tuned for that. And um, I thank you so much for making Outflow a part of your day. I want you to do me a favor. Uh, wherever you're watching, whatever platform you're using, whether it's the video version or the audio version, uh, whatever platform you're watching or listening from, please go and subscribe to the channel. Uh, if you want to give us a good rating, that helps us a little bit too. And uh, tell your family and friends. Help us share the word. Tell them uh, you you need to you need to watch this podcast I've been watching. 
uh, and that that's great. We would love for other people to to, to join in with us. Um, I'm Alan King, along with my friend Philip Stepp, coming to you from the studios of River of Life Church in Valdez, North Carolina, uh, where I have the privilege of serving some wonderful people as lead pastor. If you're ever in the area, stop by and see us. We're easy to find. Uh, so uh, again, thank you so much for making Outflow a part of your day. Now, get out there and be blessed. And while you're at it, be a blessing. <laughs>